Welcome to Sober Doc Coffee, a weekly coffee chat sharing experience, strength, and hope for anyone on the sober road to recovery. You can download Sober Doc Coffee weekly on all podcast platforms and check us out on Instagram at Sober Coffee Podcast and on Twitter at Sober Coffee Pod. To learn more about us and to help support these sessions, visit online at Sober Coffee. Here are your hosts, two guys on their own path to recovery, Mike and Glenn. Let's join them at the coffee shop. <laughs> hey, well, morning, Mike. This party started out in the parking lot, man. I know. We were just joking with uh, with uh, Brian, our, our barista engineer, podcast Audi- barista. Audiohive.com. Yep, in uh, J- Chicagoland. And um, you know, he was saying, hey, man, you guys should have like a hot mic. And I'm <laughs> like, yeah, we got a hot mic, all right. I got a hot mic. Hot morning, mic. Mikey, brother. Good morning, man. How you doing? Man, doing great. Ready to have some coffee? Let's see. I'm going to have uh, three today, I think, or five. I'm not sure. Uh, let's set the bar high. Yeah, let's let's start with one. <clears throat> uh, I'm already one in, so. Overachiever. Mm-hmm. Exactly, man. So what are we doing today? I don't know. We got, uh, you know, I, I loved your call uh, last night where you said, hey, you know, we've been getting some questions in the uh, in the inbox and uh, from folks that join us at the coffee shop and and I thought it was a good idea. Why don't we go through some of those questions that they had? And yeah, that's you know, awesome. Yeah, we yeah. you know I we have a podcast at sober coffee is our uh, is our uh, show email, and uh, we've got a bunch of questions. So I thought we take um, let's do some rapid fire. Rapid, all right, all right. So let's just do there's there's four that kind of stuck out right that we can tackle. Within one episode. Well, right? we can tackle it the best we can. You know, I want to remind uh, mm. our uh, our fellow participants. Bring those disclosures out, right? Bring the disclosures out. We are not <laughs> professionals in any stretch This is just our story. That's right. This is just you and me in a coffee shop sharing our story, sharing, right. you know, our experience, strength, and hope with some of these questions. But these were great questions because they're so... Uh, they're so applicable to anybody, really, in any struct, any part of their journey, but uh, but but they're kind of bent towards the people that are kind of new to their journey. So, yeah, hopefully we can shed some light with our perspective on them. All right, well, here's the first one. You ready? Right, go. Buckle up. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Some of these are probably slanted more for professionals, but, hey, we're just going to share our story. Um, number one, how do I know I'm an alcoholic? When you fall out of the car. Wait, no. When you walk into a bar and they say you can have as many drinks as you want for a buck, and I th- throw down two bucks on the bar. There you go. Is, is yeah, that I a think, sign? Yeah, I, I, I think that's certainly a sign. Um, so what do you think? Well, you know, there's a couple of things that, that jump out of my mind. First of all, uh, there, are, there are sites I know that, I, you know, I remember doing this back in the day. I remember doing so this. I. There are sites where you can go and and you can check off ten questions that'll kind of give you a rated score. And I, you know, for all the tests I failed in in grade school, I certainly passed this test. Right. But, so so I actually saw those checklists, and and this is honest, true story. First time I did the checklist, I checked off eight out of the ten. Okay. And and I was proud of myself. And I literally said, I'm not an alcoholic. All right. Because I thought you had to check off all 10. <laughs> and, then, and then I was pointed out to me by a professional uh-huh. that if you have one out of the 10, you probably, you probably are an alcoholic. <laughs> 
So you're eight, you 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 so, again over delivered. So I was times eight and, hey. and thinking and still thinking. Hey, I don't have a problem. Right. It's just how I looked at things. That's right. So, look, I just pulled it up on the phone. Yep. Yep. Let me just fire through a couple of them, yep. okay? Uh, would you describe yourself as a normal drinking drinker, drinking about the same as everybody else? Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> sure you would. Now let's try it with honesty. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, can now, you comfortably stop drinking after one or two drinks? Uh, no. What's the point? Right. Do your friends, family, or loved ones comment about your drinking? <laughs> comment or yell? I don't think they commented, but well, yeah. and in my case, it was the silent treatment. Right, they, there was no commenting. It was just I'm not talking to you anymore. Well, um, do you sometimes struggle to remember what happened when you've been drinking? Yeah, sometimes they call that blackouts. Right. Yeah. I got. A, I have a hard time remembering what, how we introed this this podcast. I, <laughs> yeah, but that's I from a mental remember. issue. That's that's from an aging mental issue, not not drinking. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, are you able to stop drinking when you want to? Mm. Yeah, when the bottle's empty. Yeah. I, yeah, but then I had to drive to find the next bottle. The, I don't mean to be taking these flippant. I've got a sarcastic <clears throat> response for each one of them. These are yeah. serious questions. You know, has your drinking ever caused you problems at school or work? Absolutely, yep. for me. Uh, do friends or relatives think of you as a normal drinker? Uh, again, my humorous response is they don't <laughs> think of me as normal in any way. But right. no, I certainly wasn't a normal drinker. Um, and that was just, they only saw the part I wanted them to see, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you ever feel guilty about your drinking? You know, shame, guilt, remorse. Absolutely. Uh, last two, has any family member uh, or close to you sought help about your drinking? And, you know, I, I know that people, I got, over my career, I probably got three or four big books delivered to my nightstand. And um, Wow, you know, really? Yeah, three or Hints? four ended up in yeah. the garbage, yeah. Now the one I got, it's got some miles on it. Um, And then lastly, has drinking ever created problems between you, your family, and your partner? And uh, so, see, I would say yes to every one of those. Right. Right. But but the ones I didn't say is is have you ever had a DUI? Mm -hmm. Because I I deserved one, but I never had one. And the last one is have you ever been in jail? Right. Right. I guess if you died, it's kind of hard to answer that question. But, well, uh, you know, there, there are three yets that I don't have that, well, that are waiting for me. That, and that, that's a great point because, because, yeah, I don't, you know, I didn't experience incarceration, but, but that doesn't mean I didn't deserve to. So I, I'd hate to make that a qualifier for right. somebody because, you know, that's, that, that just, that'll happen. Well, so. again, you know, what I was reminded is if you have one of those, mm-hmm. you might want to be, start looking, right? right? So it's right. not all of them. Right. Um, yeah, and, and you know, a key as I, you know, it's as I have you know gone through this and 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 worked with others, you know, it's it's an individual decision. Right. 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 Um, you know, it's not really somebody's. You know, pe- people ask me, you know, Glenn, do do you think I'm an alcoholic? And I'm like, it's it's not my place to to declare you an alcoholic or not. Right. Right. So that's where we we. You know, outline those questions. You know, we, we look at behaviors mm-hmm. and, and we look at consequences of drinking. Um, and then we let them decide for themselves. Right. But doesn't it, doesn't it come down to the question itself, Glenn? You know, if I'm asking myself, am I an alcoholic? I think so. I mean, I, I, think, I think if you're really earnestly asking yourself that question, I think you already know the answer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and then there's some people who, who don't want that label. Right, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I don't want that label of being an alcoholic. In fact, I had somebody tell me early on, they're like, 
don't label yourself an alcoholic, right? That's that's a label you can never get rid of. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 they were right. Right. I mean, I'm I'm an alcoholic. But right? do you care? I mean, do you care? <clears throat> today, the world knows? today, no. today, I do not. No. Early on, I yeah, I I, I see that. But but I choked on it early on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but but so take the label mm-hmm. off of it, right? Um, you know, I didn't like how I acted. Mm-hmm. I didn't like blackouts. Mm-hmm. I didn't like hangovers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there were times I was terrified with how much I was drinking. I mean, I just, I, I was terrified. I was amazed and terrified at the impact and, and stronghold that alcohol had on my life. That that was a drive, the driving factor in my life was, where am I going to get that next drink? Mm-hmm. And I really saw that, like, like you mentioned, I really saw that kicking gear when I ran out. Right. I mean, I, I went in panic mode. Oh, sure, sure. You know, I wanted booze more than I wanted oxygen. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was absolutely crazy. Right. You know? So, you know, I, yeah, I would say to, to, to sum it up, probably without the, without the checklist, I mean, like the checklists are great, but, you know, the way I landed up looking at it is booze interfering, you know, with how I want to live. Right. And, and absolutely was. Right. I mean, I, I, I had a vision for my life, and, and booze was, you know, interfering. Can I make one last suggestion? <clears throat> Absolutely. The big book of Alcoholics Anonymous is broken into two sections. The mm-hmm. first 164 pages are the text to what you need to do to stay sober, right? Mm-hmm. But the last pages of the book, the second section, are a book of stories. And I don't know how many are in there or whatever. And, uh, but read, I would recommend, the stories because and look for the similarities. And these are professed alcoholics. You know, it's one resource. You know, today we got Google. You could probably get a million stories of people who have who have defined themselves as an alcoholic. And YouTube. And YouTube, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, good question, though. Good question. Yeah, so, you know, that's a I mean, great question. We, we got that several times. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I also hear it in the rooms, you know. Okay. Um, but, you know, a question I had to ask myself is how long am I going to put up with this? Right. You know, and, and I was going to death. So right. Got it. All right, question number one. All right, mm-hmm. question number two. <clears throat> Ready for this one? This is a, th- this could be a touchy one. Okay, go. Uh, can I drink non-alcoholic beer? See your professional. Okay, next next question. No, no, no. Okay, let's part. <laughs> let's let's sit on that for a second. Uh, you know, right? That's. Uh, I'm not sure if the professional is the right dude to ask this question to. Right. Right. Uh, spot, you're thinking sponsor? Well, I'm thinking sponsor. I'm thinking other people in the, in yeah. that, are, that are battling uh, with alcoholism. Yeah, I, I would say this is a great topic to discuss with your sponsor. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was your experience? Well, you know. <clears throat> Have you ever had a non-alcoholic beer I did, in sobriety? I did, not in sobriety. But, but I, let me tell you that I did in when I would make my feeble attempts at getting sober before Alcoholics Anonymous. I would try, I would try, you know, to switch up my drinks. I try mm-hmm. to change the times I drank during the day, where I drank, et cetera, et cetera. That always works well. Yeah, right. And and so then I'd I I pick this up. I go, oh, I'll just drink NA. I'll so I'll have two beers and then some NAs, or I'll have no beers and I'll just have some NAs. And uh, you know, it's like kissing your sister, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you you've got the same experience of of the taste without. The impact or or the behavioral challenges that typically followed me when I drank regular beer, but no, during during my uh, I was I was counseled that to not not go there, don't go mm-hmm. don't go halfway there. 
because halfway there is halfway close, closer to right. So full transparency. Yes. In my sobriety, I have had a handful of non-alcoholic beers. Okay. And uh, you get no demerits for that, by the way. And they they make some really good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but you know, as and and it was amazing because you know when I drank them, and and my sponsor knows knew, and you know, I drank for the effect, right? I drank to escape. When you drink a non-alcoholic beer, you don't escape. Mm-hmm. There's there's no escape, right? right? So I actually the the handful of times I did it was, you know, I I can remember one time I was cutting the grass, done and and I had this one non-alcoholic beer in my refrigerator and it sat there for a month, mm-hmm. and I'm like this is the time, right? right? And I drank it and and it was refreshing in the moment. Mm-hmm. I had no desire for a second one, okay, none. <clears throat> but what I've learned and what I've seen, and and I don't drink them today, but. What I've learned and what I've seen is that it's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's a reminder of old ways. You know, um, you know, especially if you're out in a bar, you can drink a non-alcoholic beer in a bar, right? Then right. That's, again, that's old ways, right? Um, but the one thing for me, and it's just clicking now, is one of the one of the the reasons is I, I remember having one around my daughters once, mm-hmm. and they gave me a look. Sure, you know, and Where's they're he like, going? "Yeah, what in the world is going right. on?" Right. right. So you know, I I mean, I would talk to your sponsor. Um, I've made the decision. You know, I mean, it has really no place. I mean, if I'm done cutting the grass, a lemonade tastes just as good. But you know, you hit on something <clears throat> really big, and that is <clears throat> if you're if you're acting like you're drinking a beer in a in a chilled glass and and with a with a lime in it, you're 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 getting there. You know you're you're getting there. <laughs> you know, Glenn. <laughs> yeah. Can you have can you have unprotected sex and count on your better judgment to pull out? Oh, I'm sorry. Did yeah. that just come out of my lips? Yeah. No, I, I I really think it did. But you know what it's like. It's you know it's um it's acting as if and and. You know, I heard somebody say recently, you know, because we got, you know, social media accounts and, and you know, people comment on stuff. And, and, and they're like, hey, you know, it's called non-alcoholic beer. Maybe that beer's for non-alcoholics. <laughs> right? That's classic. I mean, that was amazing. I'm like, dude, I've never heard it Look, that they way. Br- they branded. Yeah, they branded. Right. Yeah. They're, they're telling me. Yeah. This is for non-alcoholics. <laughs> That's right. Right. So, you know, and at the end of the day, you know. Uh, truth is, there is a for most of them, there's a tiny bit of alcohol in these beers. Mm-hmm. You know, point oh oh five or point oh three, point oh three or something, right? Tiny bit. <clears throat> there's a tiny bit. Some in there. And and frankly, if you drink twelve of them, it's probably like drinking a regular beer. Right. I mean, it is like drinking a regular uh, beer. You know, I'm they no, do add up. But I'm no mathematician, but that sounds right to me. Something like that. Um, so you know, hey. There's plenty of other great things to drink. They've right. got some really cool alcohol-free drinks out right now. Right. You know, one is called water. <laughs> it's, but who would have thought when we were growing up that you'd actually buy that for a buck twenty-nine at the gas I station? I mean, man, you know? I used to hit Came the water the fountain at the gas out, station. Out of the hose. You know? Okay, let's shoot. Okay, next one. <clears throat> uh, pretty easy one, but I think it's it's cool. There's some newcomers that are asking, what is the role? Of a meeting chairperson. Uh-huh. So, you know, for those that go to AA, 
Um, what does an AA meeting chairperson do? What's their role? He's the boss. Okay, that's it. No, <laughs> not even close. Uh, you know, most important thing I think that a chairperson does is make sure that front door is open. And, uh, and that applies to Zoom. You know, they make sure the mm-hmm. key's open. They're in the room. They're welcoming people. You know, they're, they're providing a venue uh, either digitally or physically for people to come into the room and, and, and work on the recovery. You know, whether it's their first meeting or, or their 1,000th, you know, it's, it doesn't matter. That's, I think that's, that's an important role. But, look, they, they are not the boss. They are, in my opinion, you know, and in, in the opinion of everybody that surrounds me, they're just servants. They're, they're there to facilitate, uh, you know, a, an effective 60-minute uh, session. <clears throat> yeah, I think one, one key thing about meetings, at least the ones that – that I go to or we, we go to, um, you know, the really run not by the chairperson, no. they're run by group consensus, right? Right. Group conscience. I can, right. I guess, right. I, you know, so, so all a, all a chairperson does, I mean, they rarely rule, right. Right. Make right. judgments or rule. You know, they, when, when there's an issue in the room, they throw it out for group consensus or mm-hmm. group conscience. Right. right? Um, and they help keep order, you know. Um, sometimes there are issues in meetings, and the chairperson needs to, you know, kind of handle those issues, right? right? But a lot, you know, they handle them with uh, group conscience. Yeah. You know, the thing that blows me away about Alcoholics Anonymous is its non-structure. I mean, it just—it's baffling. I come from the business world where, you know, there's structure and, and org charts, and hierarchy, hierarchy, and, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, and, but there's none of that here. No. This, this is just people getting together, and somebody needs to kind of facilitate the meeting. Yep. You know, okay, we're going to read this, then we're going to read that, and then we're going to open the floor for discussion, and then we're going to lock the door after 60 minutes. You know, it, it, you need that facilitator. And I could just add this; it just jumped in my head. Uh, it's a great way to become sober. How's that? You know, I, I was, it was recommended for me to volunteer to take that servant position and chair, but that made me accountable to get to those meetings, right? So it, it yes, helps yeah, people if, in the room. If, if you're me. chairing, you, you got to be, be at the meeting. You got to be there, you right? You got to be there. So, so a, lot of, a lot of places, you know, I know our club, you know, they, they say, well, you got to have a year of sobriety. You know, have you heard that before? And why do they do that? And what do you think about that? You know, I think that's a meeting, but that's a club by club thing. You know, here's here's my opinion. I, I as I just mentioned, I think it's a great opportunity to serve. And in my humble opinion, I think anybody's qualified. If if you have a desire to drink, you're part of our club, and and you should be able to serve in that role. Right. I think. Um, so I have seen folks um, early in sobriety, and, and I'm not sure if a year's the, the right, but A, I think it's the decision made with your sponsor, mm-hmm. right? Because I've seen people mm-hmm. raise their hand, their sponsor knows nothing about it, and their right. sponsor doesn't recommend it, right? So, right, right. so that's not working the right program right. In, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but secondly is they don't have the sober maturity or they don't have, they don't have their own act together. Right. Right, they can't get to places on time, and, mm-hmm. and there was this one person. I mean, she just begged and begged to to do a meeting at three months, and three weeks later, she wasn't chair anymore because she didn't even have her own act together, right, right to be able to show up on time, 
Um, and, and, and then, hey, sometimes there's slants at meetings. You know, things right. go sideways. Right. And you got to be able to handle that. Right. You know, you not take things personally. You just have to be able to. So I, I think there is some time that's needed for that. Yeah. But through these Zooms, we've had some, some folks with less than a year sobriety chair meetings. And, mm-hmm. and it's worked very well. Right. Right. I think so. So in this case, we didn't really. Case by case. How yeah. In, in, this, in this case, we didn't really answer the question, but we, you know, at least shared our experience. So right. In some cases, maybe it's a good thing. I think what my walk away is check with people. You know, I love how you say you can't read your own label. Check with somebody mm-hmm. else. Check with your sponsor. And, and if you don't know about that sponsor thing and you're listening in right now, we did an episode, uh, a session on, uh, on sponsorship. On sponsorship, check it right. Out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's funny because it works the other way, too. Um, I have two more thoughts. I I had a sponsee, and I just thought it was a great serving opportunity and growth opportunity for him. And so I nudged him, nudged him for three months. I nudged him. Mm -hmm. So now he's led a meeting for almost uh, three years. I can't get him out of the chair. Right, right. right. And and one of the things that that I like to finish about the chairperson is, you know, sometimes the best service work you can do is step aside mm. and let somebody else do the service work. Give somebody else a chance. And and I've got a guy right now, he's you know, he's been in you know been a chairperson for several years and and, and he loves it. Right? And and I, I know somebody else wants to do it. I'm like, maybe your service work is stepping aside to give somebody else a chance. Yeah. It's great. So. I, I, it's almost like you were it's like the preacher preaching a pre, preaching a sermon and I'm sitting there thinking he's preaching to me. Right there, you're preaching to me a little bit. I needed to hear that this morning. Thank you. Yep, yep. All right, what's next? All right, last question for this uh, rapid-fire Q&A session from from our listeners. Um, You know, uh, stress, right? What are some tips to dealing with stress and anxiety in early sobriety? Well, first of all, let's unpack that. So you're, so you're professional. <laughs> yeah, so you're professional, certainly on the anxiety thing. Uh, right. that, is not, uh, uh, that is not something I'm afflicted with, anxiety, but yet I do think that life serves me up situations that stress me out on a consistent basis. So I'd like to kind of unbundle those two because anxiety could be a real deal, and in which case you need to seek professional help. But uh, how I do mean, you maybe with- you need professional help just to define it. That's right. right. Because people use anxiety as, mm-hmm. hey, just a stressful situation. That's right. Right. And by the way, nowhere in AA does it say don't go to a professional and seek help. As a matter of fact, if you just, if 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 you're looking at if you're looking at getting healthy and staying healthy, you should use, in my opinion, again, every possible resource that's available out there. But I will jump in with my own experience. Yes. I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think you gotta approach that with honesty. Yes. And you have uh-huh. to approach it with your sponsor knowing, right. everybody knowing. Right. Your doctor needs to know exactly what you're going through sure. because I put myself in those situations so many times where I'm manipulated. I'd put my suit on, I'd go in and I'd look and act yeah. like a professional, like a million bucks, yeah. and I got whatever I wanted. That's and what right. I wanted wasn't good for me. Mm-hmm. And only when I became honest with everybody, so my medical teams today, because I do use professionals, mm-hmm. I have a professional dentist, mm-hmm. I have a professional you know, shoulder guy, uh, everybody in my medical situations know that I'm an alcoholic, that I'm in sobriety, that I'm very focused on it. My um, sponsor knows, my wife knows, and and I've been very successful with that world. That's great. Yep, that's absolutely that's fantastic. So so how do stress? So let's, 
Unbundle, yes. Yeah, I'm stressed all of a sudden. I, I, I know, right? Um, you know, I, I, I'm going to simplify it down, but it's the acceptance. It, you know, for me, the dealing with stress comes down to acceptance, accepting the situation as it is, accepting the person as they act, accepting where I'm at. Uh, you know, I love the serenity prayer, Glenn. Uh, and, and yeah, it's that's re- what I was thinking too. Yeah, right. It's recited, but you know what's recited typically is God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, most people have heard that prayer, but that's only the first quarter of it. The, the last three quarters, if here I just pulled it up, uh, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking, as he did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Boom. Right? And yep. then trusting what trusting uh, that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will. We talk a lot about surrender here at Silver Dot Coffee. And so that I may have a reasonably happy, that I may be reasonably happy in, in this life and supremely happy with him forever and ever. Amen. That, you know, that that's the whole serenity prayer. Um, but... You know, for me, it's I'm not sure acceptance. if you need anything else. <laughs> I know, right? It, it's acceptance. I mean, really, I mean, it really that, is. That's amazing. So, I mean, hey, you know, my sober life today, I still have stress. Mm-hmm. You know, oh. I just handle it differently. Um, you know, a couple things I do, and I, you know, I, I really not kidding when I say, boom, that's it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but there, there's some action steps that I take when I hit stressful situations. You know. Number one is awareness. You know, I, I'm very keenly aware today what's going on, what my stress meter is. I rarely get surprised. Mm-hmm. You know, I usually don't get hit by a tsunami wave. I'm very aware when things are swelling. And so one of the things I do is I remove myself from challenging situations. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, if I'm in a situation and I have the ability to remove myself, mm-hmm. whether it's a discussion, an argument, you know, hey, I'll take a break. Okay. You know, I'll and pull physica- myself physically and mentally, physically and mentally. The other day I was really challenging, you know, call at work, you know, at the end of that call. I mean, normally I would have gone to my little snack bar and eaten four chocolate bars. Uh-huh. And it's, instead I said, you know what, guys, I'm taking a break. Right. I said, I'm getting off the Zoom call. I'll be back in 30 minutes. And I physically went outside and I took a walk for 30 minutes yeah. and, and it really changed things. It yep. really did. Yeah, no, I. So that's I, a good tool. Absolutely, walk away, walk away, yep. take a break. I love that. Um, I like get your thoughts out of your head and get them on paper. Uh, again, I always say that. I some call that journaling. Some call that chicks, chicks call it journaling. Ooh, journaling. I call it creative writing. Oh, there, there, there you go. go. Yeah, nice. Uh, real men eat quiche. Right. Uh, so yeah, you know, to get it out of my head and put it down on paper. You know, it's the old pros cons. Uh, you know, make yeah, a list. Tea, yeah. yeah, and uh, and and that's very helpful because once it's on paper, it becomes smaller than the bigness that you made in your it made it in your head. Right, and and part of that is what what that process does for me is it helps me analyze reality mm-hmm. versus the trash that goes on inside my head, my perceptions, my fears, wh- whatever that you know. Maybe not reality. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times I'll get stress and, and quote unquote anxiety. And, and again, I think you need to define anxiety, but over stuff that's not going to happen. 
right. or didn't happen, and I saw it differently than reality. So, you know, stepping away and, and helping journal it right down helps mm-hmm. to, to you know, sort all that out. Right, or tap into a creative juice, you know. Maybe writing's not your thing, but maybe you're a painter. Maybe, you know, maybe you just want to make it. I do cr- paint by number. <laughs> I've seen your art. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's why I need the numbers. Even when you die, it's not going to be worth anything. <laughs> no, yeah, that's totally saying. right. Totally right. So, so here's another thing that I do for stressful times, and and I learned this in my eight in one of my detoxes, but it was an eight day detox, and I can't tell you the mental pain that I was going through. Um, it was only like day two or day three, and I mean I couldn't even lift my head off the table. It was just so bad. And this woman came in, and she did this guided meditation. Mm. And she comes in, and the lights went down the room, and I actually put my head right on the table. Um, and, and she walked through this guided meditation, and within three minutes, I was on some beautiful beach with the waves rolling, and she had the soft music. And, and I mean, I was out of my head and on this beach for 30 minutes. Now, at the end of 30 minutes, she turns the lights on, turns the music off, and stops the stops the, the, the speaking. I was right back in my pain. But I had the opportunity to escape. Right. So I do that today. Go on YouTube and just search guided meditation. Mm-hmm. And there's hundreds of them. In fact, there's my, my favorite one to, to plug her, um, Michelle Sanctuary. Okay. She does Cabin in the Woods. Okay. And you are in a snowfall in the woods. I mean, it, you are nowhere in your own head anymore. Nice. So well, it helps. It helps a pause. Yeah, we'll put, we'll put that in the resource room. That's great. And and the last thing that I had uh, that, that came to my mind was immediately get out of yourself. And the best way to get out of myself is to get into somebody else's head. Mm. What? How can I help somebody? You know. I'm, and this goes well beyond how can I help another recovering alcoholic. This this goes to how can I help my neighbor? Maybe their trash can's out at the end of the driveway and on trash day and needs to go back to the house. What, how can I go help somebody else? Pick up that phone that is my source of entertainment and see if I can engage with somebody and find out how they're doing. Yeah, I love it. And, and my last one? Yeah. I go to bed. Yeah, right. I mean, there are times, especially early in sobriety. I mean, I do it once in a while now, but early in sobriety, mm-hmm. there were literally times I went to bed at 5 o'clock. I went to bed at 4.30. Wait, I went five, to bed at 5 a.m.? No, 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 not anymore. Okay. Not in sobriety. I went to bed at 5 p.m. just to finish my day. Mm-hmm. I had a stressful day. I was running out of tools. I was going through my and, – and the best solution in the moment, I said, you know what? I'm going to end my day at 5 p.m., and I am going to call this a win. I got through the day sober. Very challenging, stressful day. I made it sober, and I'm going to bed. I love it. All right, Chief. Hey, rapid fire. Rapid fire. Good stuff. Hey, keep the questions coming. Thank you coming. for the questions. All right, again, it's podcast at sober.coffee. Have a great day. All right. Thanks for joining us for today's Coffee Chat. To contact the show, email us at podcast at sober.coffee. If you need immediate help, the AA hotline is 800-839-1686. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255. Remember, Mike and Glenn are sharing their own journey on the path to recovery. Any suggestions, medical or otherwise, are their own experiences and should not be viewed as professional advice. See you next week, and remember, there is a solution.